personal coach and trusted attorney, Andrew Leith, who will help you get started in building your real estate empire. Grow your self-confidence, find your grit, and get the skills needed to dominate the real estate world. This is Real Estate Investing with Andrew Lieb. Welcome to the Liebcast. Today, we're going to be discussing two important things. First of all, the unfortunate death of Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Secondarily, we're going to be talking about how that affects future laws, and the newest one, the executive order on combating race and sex stereotyping by Donald Trump issued on September 22nd, 2020. This segment has been brought to you by the Bryn Elliott team at Douglas Elliman Real Estate. You're a little bit racist. Well, you're a little bit too. I guess we're both a little bit racist. Admitting it is not an easy thing to do. But I guess it's true. Between me and you, I think... Everyone's a little, little bit racist. racist. Sometimes. Sometimes. You see, today, racism is the key of the topic. And I'm going to tell you why. Ruth Bader Ginsburg passed away last week. And it was right before our show. And we already had our script done. And... It took me a long time to figure out what I wanted to say about this, but I'm just going to read you something that's a meme that's been going around to start off today's show. Women, if you have a credit card in your own name and you own credit history, if you have leased an apartment or bought property in your name, if you consented to your own medical treatment, if you played a sport in school, you can thank Ruth Bader Ginsburg. If you have not seen the movie On the Basis of Sex, this is a must-watch. I don't care if you're a conservative or if you're a liberal. Even Trump was acknowledging how important she was to our history, and he was like her adversary. You know, she was Scalia's best friend, the most staunch conservative on the court. And you got to admire what Ruth Bader Ginsburg did to our country and how things have changed. And this lady, this Ruth Bader Ginsburg, she's done some amazing, amazing, amazing things. I want to read you a quote from her. Feminism is the notion that we should each be free to develop our own talents and not be held back by man-made barriers. And I think we can all agree with that, that we should each be able to do our own thing. That's what liberty means. We can do our own thing, and that's the key to this whole. So here's the thing, though. I work in discrimination. That's a big field for me. You're in real estate, discrimination. You're in business, discrimination. That is like the biggest thing. And it's like a major topic today when we're dealing with discrimination. And what do we got here? We got diversity, equity, and inclusion. This has been a topic for a long time. We saw Black Lives Matter. And you might be saying, they're criminals, they're terrorists. You might be saying, uh, hashtag me too, it's just women whining. I don't care what you think. I think that it's impacted our life drastically. Uh, my show is about how current events affect business and real estate. And you can't say that discrimination laws have not affected business and real estate. They have, and so here's what's going on. We had a Supreme Court. Supreme Court, just so you know, is there's three co-equal branches of government. We got the Congress. That's the Senate and the House. You got the President. And you got the Supreme Court. And the Supreme Court currently had nine justices before Ruth Bader Ginsburg deceased. There's been fluctuations over the years. It hasn't always been nine justices. So when people are like, well, the Democrats are going to pack the court, or they're going to put more judges, they're going to get more seats, they're going to do this. Well, it's changed over time, so we don't need to get into there. But right now, there's been nine justices. And on the Supreme Court, before Ruth Bader Ginsburg passed away, you had four sure vote 
conservative votes. You had four sure vote liberal votes. And we would find, even though Roberts was a conservative, you'd find that he'd be like a swing vote a lot of times. And it was a balanced, in some ways, yes, it was leaning towards conservative, but it was a balanced court. Now that Ruth Bader Ginsburg's gone, we're at 4-3. To start off with Roberts, which would be 5-3. And assuming that Trump and McConnell do as they say they're going to do, and it says that they have the votes, Lindsey Graham says they have the votes. And, you know, he's in charge of the whole judiciary thing. They say they have the votes. That means we're starting off in the Supreme Court, moving forward, we're going to be starting off with five justices being conservative, three justices being liberal, and assuming Roberts is the swing, although I don't know that he's the swing, but assuming he's the swing, we're going to get a lot of 6-3 decisions, and at best we're going to get 5-4 decisions, and everything's going to be leaning conservative. So I have questions, and I want to think about these questions, and I think you should be thinking about these questions, and you shouldn't be thinking, the news media is reporting that the Democrats think that the Republicans are being hypocritical. We don't care. The news media is saying that Lindsey Graham is flip-flopping. We don't care. The news media is saying that Donald Trump, who cares? What we care about is how these current events are going to affect your business. And we're already seeing starts of it. This week, the 22nd, Trump issued an executive order. An executive order on combating race and sex stereotyping. I wonder if he would have done this executive order if Ruth Bader Ginsburg was so around. He did announce it before she passed. He didn't actually give the text, but he announced it before she passed. But, you know, this is the type of order that could end up in the Supreme Court. And, you know, what we're going to find is conservative things are going to change the law. And here's the biggest thing. Here's the biggest thing about being conservative or or being liberal. Both conservatives and liberals, I want you to hear me carefully. And this is particularly for my liberal democratic listeners. My liberal democratic listeners, I want you to hear me very carefully. There's an article and it's right. There's an article and it's right that I want you to read. It's in the Atlantic. The title of the article is called Republican is not a synonym for racist. Let me just repeat that. There's an article in the Atlantic. It's an old article. It's from 2017. I don't know why more people haven't read this. This is a fabulous article. It's in the Atlantic. It's a guy by a guy named Peter Beinart, 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 Beinart. I don't know what his name is. Peter B. He writes, Republican is not a synonym for racist. And this is a fascinating article. Here's basically what it says. The definition of racist is just different for Democrats and Republicans. And calling a Republican a racist, calling a conservative a racist, just makes them shut down. They stop listening. It's a waste of the conversation, and that's important to note. So what's the difference? What does Peter tell us the difference is? The conservative perspective on racism, generally, and I'm generalizing, and you're going to learn in a little while on the new Trump executive order that you probably shouldn't generalize. But Trump, you don't regulate me based on your executive order because it only applies to the military, to your government agencies and government contractors, and I'm not one of them. So I'm going to say whatever I want. And by the way, I don't care either way. So I say whatever I want. But here's what it says. Conservatives, generalizing, believe that racism or discrimination, for that matter, is a matter of intent. Did the speaker intend to treat people differently? I don't know if you ever hear when Democrats can attack conservatives when liberals can attack conservatives and they say, what you're doing is racist, what you're doing is sexist, what you, and, they, and they yell at them. They go, that's not what I intended. That wasn't the intent. That's not what that's not, that was not. I, and you know what they say? I see everyone the same. 
all lives matter. Isn't that what all lives matter is trying to say? I see everyone the same. But conservatives, Republicans, listen up. What Democrats and liberals see as racism is not necessarily what your intent was, but what the effect of your actions were. So we have two different camps, and they're defining the same words so differently in this Atlantic article. It's just a must-read. Republican is not a synonym for racist. And so here's the thing. Again, conservatives think that racism is about, did you intend to be? I, I'm colorblind. I look, uh, everything's colorblind. I, I, that's who I am. Then I can't be racist. Democrats say, you know what? If it's statistically significant that this behavior affects this target population in this way, therefore you are still being racist, even if that wasn't your motivator. Can't those both be true simultaneously? Isn't the word choice the barrier? So I have some questions, though, because the current law, when it comes to real estate, particularly real estate, we have the Fair Housing Act. That's the federal law. We have the Fair Housing Act. There's the Civil Rights Act when we're talking about employment. There's all different laws. But the current law basically says I'm a buyer and I go up to a real estate broker and I say, hey, I'm a Jew. I am a Jew. And I say, I'm a Jew. And I am a Jew. And I say, I'm a Jew. And I want to live with Jews. I say I'm an Italian. I want to live with Italians. I say I'm Chinese and I want to live in China, Chinatown. How do you think that there became a little Italy if Italians didn't want to live with Italians? Just think about that for a second. You know, in Riverhead, they got Polish town. If the Polish didn't want to live with the Polish, do you think we'd have a Polish town? But anyway, the current law is that if the Jew goes to the broker and says, I'm a Jew and I want to live with other Jews. Which communities are Jewish? The broker cannot answer that question. I think that's going to change. I think that's the future that we have. I think that's going to change because right now what they're saying, just so we're clear, is the effect of answering that question could be creating segregation, creating pockets of different groups of people. And it could be getting people to be living in these little ghettos. And by having people in different populations, you're going to have different education. You're going to have different resources. By having these different populations, you're going to manifest racism into the future. All conservatives just heard was, why can't they live with their people? They feel more comfortable with their people. They like their people. What about this one? How come there's black colleges? I want to understand this. You know there's black colleges. Have you heard there's black colleges? I've never seen a white college. I just wonder, why can't there be a white college? Like, only whites can go to this college. It's an interesting one. Back to the Jews, we have Jewish college. Why is locker room talk problematic? Trump taught us about that one. Why is, when you grab them, why is locker room talk problematic? That's what I understand. I got other questions. Before we go to these questions, they're changing my team's names. We got the Washington Redskins, the Chicago Blackhawks, the Atlanta Braves, the Kansas City Chiefs. They're targeting my... Lauren, you can't get Uncle Ben's rice anymore. Aunt Jemima. Yeah, Aunt Jemima. She was... Do you know that... Liz, my sister's uh, Alyssa. Um, my son used to say... And Denise, she's my sister. My, my son used to say, I like Aunt Denise. I like Aunt Alyssa. Aunt Alyssa. But I love Aunt Jemima. Aunt Jemima was his favorite aunt. She was the sweetest. She made the... And you can't say Aunt Jemima. Where are my... This is my history. And isn't changing these names and putting whitewashing on history, isn't that going to change our culture and who we were before? Just so we're clear. I said that this is about how current events affect 
business and real estate. That's how we look at all this stuff. And what, what is the point of my little rant here? Why am I, is Lieb on the loose right now? Why am I going there? Because with the changeup of the courts and with Trump and McConnell, have you noticed these guys? You could be a conservative. You could be a progressive. I don't care. But they're packing the courts. Like, it's just reality here. They can't get anyone to come to Congress to vote on anything except getting a conservative judge in. That's what they do. Conservative judge, conservative judge. So anyway, why do I bring that up? Because discrimination law is ever present in employment and real estate. Those are two of the three fields. The last one is education. They have their own bodies of law about discrimination. And I want to just tell you some stuff, some interesting quote. Ready? I want to read you an interesting quote. This is just from a case. It's from the Third Circuit Court of Appeals back in 2010. But I thought it was interesting. In any event, it would be unfortunate if the courts forced the adoption of an employment culture that required everyone in the structure to be so careful that every remark made every day passes the employment equivalent of being politically correct, lest it be used later against that employer in litigation. I got another one, another interesting one. This one's from the Federal Circuit of the Court of Appeals. Being perceived as politically correct may be an appropriate goal for political institutions, and it may be that the Air Force considers itself a political institution. Courts are not political institutions, and it is our responsibility to apply the law as it is written. What are we learning here? We're learning, we're learning that courts historically, that was an outlier, saying, you know what, I'm not discriminating, you're just being politically correct. Don't you ever feel that way? Lauren, do you ever feel that way? You say something and you just say it. Like when I was in my master's program, I said to someone, they, they gave me something and then they took it back. I said, don't be an Indian giver. Ooh, yeah, exactly. I got a lecture about how that's a, a bigoted statement. That's a very bigoted statement. Don't say things like that. That's very hurtful stuff. That's what I, I it's true. It was hurtful. But it, wasn't it just being politically correct to say it the right way, not discriminatory from me? Isn't that what this whole conversation is yeah. about? That from a conservative perspective, I wasn't being racist. I just wasn't being politically correct. But from a liberal perspective, wasn't I perpetrating stereotypes and creating problems to have a macro effect on society. And what's interesting here is that Ruth Bader Ginsburg, she was like the beacon. She was the beacon of the court. She did, Lauren, you were telling me about this, the five laws. You were telling me about these five laws that Ruth Bader Ginsburg helped pass. And yeah, if we, you watch the movie On the Basis of Sex, you're going to learn a lot about Lauren. Tell me about these five laws that really hit home for you. Well, you know, employers can't discriminate if, you, um, if you're pregnant. So if you're pregnant, you can't get fired. If you do, you can sue. Um, school Schools can't have to admit women before. We lived in a society What's where- What's this nonsense about? <laughs> there were male schools only, and you'd have to create a female school if you were to go to the school. So now those male schools have to admit women. Um, oh, there was the women have the right to financial independence. So women used to have to have a male co-signer to well, sign for all I account. can tell you is in my house, the males don't have the right to financial no, independence. No, no, no. Like Lauren, <laughs> Lauren sees checkbook, she take checkbook. No, I have to run our finances. She's the only like, thing she, that makes me feel comfortable. So thank you, Ruth. 
Um, what else? Uh, oh, you know what? It went the other way. Men are entitled to the same caregiving and social security rights as women before they weren't. So she fought for equality for, for both. And I like this one. Juries have to have women on them. And that's kind of important because we need to have a full smorgasbord. I like to use the words because, you know, food is my favorite thing. A smorgasbord. I, can you even say smorgasbord anymore? Because I, I got those at the Chinese restaurants. <laughs> are we going to get in trouble for calling it a smorgasbord? But it's the most delicious of all the boards. Like there's the cheese board. Cheese boards are good. Cheese boards, you have nothing on a smorgasbord. The smorgasbord has all the. D- it's so good. I, I'm all like now. Food, I'm so hungry right now as we're talking Take such about a this serious topic, and you're just bringing all the food in. I I'm so happy that women can serve um, and do their civic duty on jury duty, but you know I I could get out of that personally. So basically, you want women to have a right <laughs> to be on jury duty. I want, I want the option to to be on the jury or not. So you want it until they call you for jury duty, yeah. and so anyway. Here's what really struck us. Ruth, first of all, we mourn you. We think that the world is a better place because of your existence. And we think that anyone who actually cares about the topic should read your writings and watch your movie if they're not readers. You know, like me, I like the cliff notes. If you were going to do that, that would be great. You'd be well served to read this trailblazer. But I want to shift what's going on today. Donald Trump, on September 22nd, issues an executive order on combating race and sex stereotyping. Here's I'm not the really key- seeing many people talk about this on the media right now. Yeah, I, I'm not saying it. But again, because the media talks about politics, Lauren. We talk about how current events affect business and real estate. We're not so interested if it's, it's salacious news. We're interested if this is going to change your bottom line. And this is going to change your bottom line. You might be saying... Why is it going to change my bottom line? Well, besides if you're an agency or military contractor, meaning that you provide these services, any person that has a government contract, this applies to. So there's a lot of businesses that do stuff for the government. Like they, they go, this, this thing called an RFP, a request for a proposal. And I, I have a buddy that was a contractor. And he used to go for RFPs and he, that's how you do it. RFPs, you put in your bid and you try, anyone who's, You could be a builder and you could be building things for the U.S. government. And because of this new rule, how you conduct yourself and your contracts have to change. But here's the key. This new executive order, which, by the way, is 10 pages long, says it's going to combat offensive and anti-American. I love that word. Anti-American race and sex stereotyping and scapegoating. I'm going to get into this in a second, but I want to start off with the word anti-American. Conservatives, I'm picking on you now. See, I pick on everyone on the show. I'm an equal hater because that's what I'm learning from this Donald Trump executive order, that as long as you just treat everyone equally and you just hate, you're allowed to do this. We're going to get into that. But can you stop telling liberals that they hate America? Can you do me that favor? Like I told you every week, I tell you every week, I love the Facebook. I get all my information from the Facebook. But the arguments devolve into uselessness once you write, you hate America. I think that we should just realize that if someone's going to spend the time to fight about the issue, they obviously love America too. They just love America differently than you do. So it's not one's right or wrong, and I don't think conservatives hate America either. I think that you just got to stop using these grandiose conclusory statements and get into the nuts and bolts of these things. Anyway, back to Trumpy. Diversity and equity and inclusion trainings. So Donald Trump is now making a law about, and I just said to you a second ago, sex and race scapegoating. And you might say to yourself, what is sex and race scapegoating? Well, turns out he tells you. Here's what he tells you on the thing. It means assigning fault, blame, or bias to a race or sex or to members of a race or sex because of their race or sex 
Members of any race are inherently racist or are inherently inclined to oppress others or that members of a sex are inherently sexist or inclined to oppress others. Basically, what it's saying is you can't say because you're white, you have white privilege. That's what I read in this thing. The word white privilege needs to go away. That's what I'm reading. In fact, they have this thing. And this is what I want to spend the rest of the show on, Lauren, of nine different divisive concepts that are no longer allowed to be in trainings. And they're targeting trainings. And for people that don't know, Lauren and I operate this company called Leap Compliance, and we do sexual harassment trainings and diversity diversity trainings and discrimination trainings, and he's targeting diversity and equity and inclusion trainings. actually uses the words diversity and inclusion trainings in this thing. And they're not allowing, forgetting the government grants for research institutions, my friends that work at the Kinsey Institute at Indiana University, some of them are on my Facebook up in arms about how they're going to apply for grants because of the data. How do you collect data? That Anyway, here's what it says. You can't have any trainings that include diverse, divisive concepts. Here's what a divisive concept is. The first one, one race or sex is inherently superior to another race or sex. That kind of makes sense. Like, I don't think we should be doing that. Now, if the scientific literature said otherwise, I think that would be worth studying. Like, I don't want to not have studying and people to analyze things, but I don't see any race or sex as inherently superior. So I agree, Donald. Let's go with that one. Number two, the United States is fundamentally racist or sexist. You're not allowed to say that, which is interesting because when you teach discrimination, a lot of times you talk about history. And I wonder, and he says is fundamentally, it doesn't say was fundamentally. And that's a key distinction there. So maybe you could say at certain times it was racist, but it isn't now. Number three, an individual by virtue of his or her race or sex is inherently racist, sexist, or oppressive, whether consciously or unconsciously. I don't know, because that's saying that you can't say I'm unconsciously because I'm white, It's saying I can't unconsciously say that I'm slightly racist. But how do we start this segment? Everyone's a little bit racist. But I guess it's saying because of one sex or race. So I don't think that necessarily everyone's a little bit racist doesn't say the whites just are racist. The blacks are racist too, as are the browns and the yellows. I guess I get what you're going with it, Donald. Number four, an individual should be discriminated against or receive adverse treatment solely or partly because of his race or sex. Okay. Number five, members of one race or sex cannot and should not attempt to treat others without respect to race or sex. That's a good one. I like that one. Everyone should treat each other with respect. I agree. Six, an individual's moral character is necessarily determined by his or her race or sex. That makes sense. Do you agree with that one? Yeah. You're good. Lauren's making faces, so I want to hear. But an individual by virtue of his or her race or sex bears responsibility for actions committed in the past. This is the key one. By other members of the same race or sex. Eight. Any individual should be should feel discomfort, guilt, anguish, or any other form of psychological distress or on account of his race or sex. Or nine. Meritocracy or traits such as hard work ethic are racist or sexist or were created by a particular race to oppress another race. So now what we have is this new rule and it's effective immediately. And what it applies to is the military. It applies to government agencies. There's actually going to be new guidelines that are going to be coming out based on this and in the U.S. register. And we're going to see the director of the Department of Labor is going to be establishing a hotline for investigations about this. What is this all saying? We have a changing time when it comes to discrimination law. The courts are changing. There's two perspectives on racism in America. One is about the intent of the actor. 
The second one is the effect of their actions. We're shifting from the effects to the intent. That doesn't mean you shouldn't be conscious of both of them. We're going to keep you apprised as this keeps changing. But thanks for joining us and have a fabulous week. This has been the Leapcast. This is Real Estate Investing with Andrew Lieb. Find us on social media at Listen to Lieb or visit listentoleap.com. 